welcome to your Retro Wrestling Power Hour. From gorgeous George to the present day, it's David the Smart Mark, stunning Sean, looking back on the golden era of professional wrestling. This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling Retrospective. Good Thursday to everybody, and yes, it is Retrospective, Sunny Sean alongside David Smart Mark, and today I have taken David back to 1982, more specifically June 26, 1982, as we review an episode of Mid-South Wrestling that features a match for the North American title. It's a Junkyard Dog versus Ted DiBiase. Mr. Smart Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. A pleasure to be here and a pleasure. Yeah, again, whatever we banter about with uh, regarding the Churchill Cup, wherever we go with the show, and sometimes, occasionally, the stunning one and myself do disagree on what's good and bad in the current world of professional wrestling. But there is one continuity. There's one consistency, ladies and gentlemen. Sean's picks for retrospective are absolutely superb and i cannot fault them on it he it was almost like he knew i today about two hours before we've even we've sat down to record this watched an episode of mid-south wrestling tv and i, I laughed I, I put my head on one side and went huh? i enjoyed the wrestling even though it was had absolutely nothing to do with modern day wrestling, but that's what I enjoyed. And he was right. He, he, he almost knows what I like. It's almost like all the way from Knoxville, with retrospective, he pushes my buttons. And yeah, very good choice yet again, sir. Nice, short, sweet. Um, we're going to obviously talk about it. We're going to talk about, I, I mean, some points I want to make and the styles compared to modern modern day um, performers. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed this 42 minutes. And David, the first thing we need to point out before we started in this week's episode is that for Mid-South Wrestling 1982, their TV is really driving their customers to their live shows. So they weren't giving away big, quote-unquote, big matches on TV. It was all to drive everybody, hey, come on out to New Orleans or come out to Oklahoma City to come to see the actual main event. Yeah, I mean, basically it was old school... um wrestling superstars it was you had well you actually because the main event um didn't go very long at all which was to two down and out superstars and a major major plot even though the hit the turn you could see i think you could see coming from about four weeks ago but that's by the by that's maybe because we're smart um i don't know um but yeah, and the rest of them were squash matches. I mean, they were just pure, unadulterated squash matches. Maybe apart from they went off the air with a little bit of a six-man feud with some superstars. But, that I mean, that barely lasted two minutes. And do you know what? I was all the better for it. Exactly, David. Now, your announced team for this episode is Boy <laughs> Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts. Boy Bill Watts. <laughs> Now, I'm going to ask you a question, mate, because it's normally you asking me questions. Um, what, what what was the point of, the, of, of Mr. Pierce? Seriously, what was the point of Mr. Pierce? Because all he did, he, he didn't do anything. He barely said anything. He gave the actual introductory intro, and then basically you got, you got Bill Watts talking for the rest of the show. I think he's just there to help get things started. And once he gets things started, he stays out of the way because you'll later see a special commentator for the North American title match and you have the same result. 
Yeah, I mean, but Cowboy was also um, was uh, was obviously the main commentator on this. Now, obviously, it's just, you know, you, you know, we know why. You know, that's not the issue here. But there was an awful lot of Cowboy Bill Watts on there. And it, uh, what, what tickled me, I can't remember which, I think it was near, it wasn't the main event. Oh, no, it was the main event, which has no disqualification. And I know we'll come on to that, but he makes passing to what he brought in in, EC, in WCW when he took over as head booker in there, where he obviously still has his disqualifications. You cannot be thrown over the top rope. It's a disqualification. It just happened that the main event was no DQ, and in commentary he made reference to it, and that that got a pop from me because I was like, ah, WCW, Bill Watts booking, um, which probably doesn't mean a lot to you, but uh, you know, watching this for me as as you know, as a traditionalist who's grown in to traditional American wrestling, who's grown into this traditional viewpoint and likened it to the traditionalness of the original UK wrestling. I appreciate it, and I really, really, I, I, I popped for that, totally. Okay, so this show opens up with your announced team, and Cowboy Bill Watts is explaining why we're having this match between Ted DiBiase and the Junkyard Dog. So, back up this a little bit. Apparently, Ted DiBiase had a match against the former champion, rope and he couldn't make it so to make good to the crowd jyd took the match and later on you'll find a promo from the former champion saying hey i never had a contract to face a junkyard dog why did i have to face a junkyard dog so you have all this backstory to this one match and there's a lot of things coming out of this match to lead on to future tv yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting getting the backstory, but while they're giving you the backstory, you you were like, well, it's obvious what's going to happen here, and obviously it did. It it was very, very, um, very, very um, monotone, the word I'm looking for, in the way they spoke, their enthusiasm levels. One area where I prefer modern-day announcing teams, their enthusiasm it was just like, we know we've got a captive audience. We know you look, we know you come, we know you watch no matter what. We aren't putting ourselves out for you. That was the impression I got. Very monotone, very just so, if you will. Um, but I, you know, it didn't, it didn't detract, but it was a noticeable difference between that and modern day programming. Exactly. The closest thing you see in a few first minutes of this TV show that kind of looks modern to you is Ted DiBiase's promo. And Ted DiBiase is cutting this sort of babyface promo, but there's a hint that he's going to be a heel here in just a matter of 40 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, it was instant obviousness. For a start, seeing Ted DiBiase as a babyface um, was like, oh, hang on, what, what, what on earth? So that was a little bit peculiar. And then JYD looking almost like a, an athlete as well and making absolutely no sense unless obviously I presume, you know I don't want to I don't want to get sort of like nationalistic here but to me I was trying I was struggling to understand him whereas at least DBS he spoke clearly but it didn't again it didn't detract I was drawn in I was hooked I knew where it was going maybe that's my smugness my my smartness if you like but I was prepared to take the ride okay exactly David our first match of the evening is Dr. Death Steve Williams versus Steve. Jeff Sword. Now, this is at the, want to say, the start of Dr. Death's career. And I knew Dr. Death from later on when he was in WCW and Jim Ross was there and he made a short appearance in WWF. So to see the start of Dr. Death, I was like, 
oh, this is cool. Yeah, it was actually, to be fair. He looked very stiff, didn't he? Um, I, I've got to be honest. And this is the start of you had you had talent in there. They're just going to lie down for the big stars. Enhancement talent, if you will. I've got all dusty today. I suppose that's quite, you know, quite a good thing under the circumstances. Um, but yeah, it was enhancement talent. You knew there was only going to... Well, I initially thought three or four matches. I was proven to be wrong the way the programming went. Um, but, you know, hey, Dr. Death wins quite comfortably. It's just a shame of what happened with the WWF because Cornette, Jim Ross were high on him, brought him in, and then he got stuck in Russo's stupid brawl for all. But maybe that's... That brawl for all maybe is for me and you on another retro podcast. Exactly, David. What I would say about this match was I enjoyed the fact that they played to the strengths of Dr. Death and you just see him do the basic three-point stance for a shorter tackle and he finishes the match off with a power slam. So nothing fancy. It's all basic strongman tactics here. And heck yeah, sign me up. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, it was old school. Apart from the commentary, the crowd, you you, you know, I'm scanning the screen apart, almost ignoring the in-ring product because, you know, I watch the squash match. (laughs) You know, bless him. No, he's not going to go over against Dr. Death, Stevie Williams. But I'll be honest, I really, really enjoyed this whole show. There was nothing bad on it. Hey, David, so up next, you see a promo for the next match. And it's the Super Destroyer and Big John Studd facing off against David Price and Ernie Kirtland. Now, the the thing that surprised me was the commentators went to great lengths to explain to the audience about the Super Destroyer and Big John Studd, particularly Big John Studd. Now, obviously, John Studd would go on and feature early in the early WrestleMania years in the WWE, but... You know, I'm like, now it's understood. Shut up, I can watch this. You know, Super Destroyer as well. Again, and it's going to be another squash. We know it's just going to happen quite quickly. And it did. But, but I really, really enjoyed it. John Studd looked a beast. Exactly. I mean, I barely remember Big John Studd in the WWF. Like, when I barely oh, first wow, watched. Geez. Yeah. But seeing him here, I was like, going, oh, this guy's cool. I need to check some more stuff out. I love his submission finish where it's kind of like a yes. formation of the torture rack i'm going like yeah that works for the guy and um, and do you know what the only useful thing super destroyer did he did after the bell had gone and the match was over with a drop kick which was which came for me for me personally came out of the blue i was like oh right okay yeah I said, for, for an enormous man that was that was quite decent okay so up next is actually quote unquote the main event of the show is halfway yeah. in the middle of the show and it's the north american title match it's JYD coming in as the current champion facing Ted DiBiase. If Ted DiBiase can't win this match, he is out of Mid-South Championship Wrestling. And special commentator is Bob Rope. He's the former North American champion, and he's the star of this show on commentary. Yeah, 100%. Um, never heard of him, to be fair. All my years of watching and digging deep, this was a new one on me, so please excuse my ignorance here, but... I, I'm going to go on if I get, you know, if I get half an hour spare and watch the follow-up episode because the episode that's, that Sean picked are on the network. So by all means, feel free. It's, it, it, it's opened up a little bit of, a, oh, yeah, I need to find, I need to look back over these, over these years. So, you know, it's done some good there. 
Yeah, he was, mainly because by this time I was becoming bored with Bill Watts. Very mundane, very, very monotone. So having a character on there with a little bit of voice inflection, a little bit of enthusiasm for the product, and a little bit of backstory as well. And he called it early doors. He he, he was like, he was totally against DBS in, in character. So you almost look like, you know, uh, yeah. But really enjoyed this. You got a handshake on three occasions, I believe, before the shenanigans. And the crowd, every time, they were loving it. They were absolutely, totally invested in in these two. DiBiase worked really... I mean, I wasn't expecting anything from Mr. Ritter anyway, because having seen Junkyard Dog over his career, his strength wasn't necessarily his technical wrestling side, whereas DiBiase could work. And he worked here, and he worked some... They, they worked nicely together, to be fair. Um, it was nice and smooth, nice and fluid. Exactly. You see Teddy DiBiase actually parislam the Junkyard Dog, and I'm going, wow, okay. Yeah. And, he, and he goes for the pin, and Junkyard Dog just basically presses him up and almost hits the referee as Teddy Yossi is flying up and backwards down onto the ref. And I'm going, wow, there's a pair of the Junkyard Dog. I think that was a botch on the ref's behalf. I, you can't blame either of the performers for that. I think the referee in that got out of position because I instantly, like obviously like you did, picked up on it and, and it was like, ooh, that's... that's I bet, I bet the referee got a bit of a chewing when he got back after that. Okay, so the finish of this match comes with Ted DiBiase trying to lock in a figure four and JYD kicks him off. He takes this crazy little flip out to the outside of the ring and JYD being the pure baby face... I'm going to win with honor. I'm going to go outside the ring, help my friend back into the ring. And this is the moment where Ted DiBiase, the one that we know and love, he turns heel. He uses brass nuts. He knocks JYD out. One, two, three. Boom. Yeah, one of the stories of the match was the fact that JYD would get Ted into a position, either a pinning position or even a potential ongoing hurt position. And would just go, no, let's wrestle. And they played on it. Obviously, the commentators played on it. You know, we're mates. I'm not going to unnecessarily do this. I'm going to do this properly. And then, obviously, what it did, it, it sort of made the heel act of Biassi with the, the DiBiase with the brass nooks even more heinous. And what I quite liked about this, he did it, got the pin, got given the belt, and went. Just went. Went out of the ring. There was no promo. There was no standing gloating. There was no... It left it to your own mind. Oh, what has he done? Has he done it? You know, is it really gone on? I thought it was very clever the way they did that. Exactly. And what I love about this, look at the crowd during this match after the pin. It's dead silence. They're all in shock. Yeah, yeah it, it was a genuine non-kayfabe shock. They genuinely didn't know what was going on. They didn't even have the benefit of commentators. And with the fact that DiBiase acted like that, it allowed them to make their own mind up. So therefore, they're either going to watch TV or they're going to come to the next show to find out what's gone on. Very clever. Okay, so they have some standby footage just in case this match didn't go the full 30 minutes or what was left in TV time. <laughs> and David, we get surprised because guess who pops up on Mid-South TV here? Well, they went back. Let, let, let's 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 take it back a stage. They went back to the studio, and Watts and well, what the other one stood there. One stood there shaking their head, and Watts eulogised um, about whatever's happened to JYD. What has happened to JYD? What has gone on? He actually did put a bit more meat on the bones of the booking, which I think was very 
very clever, considering the way they've done it ring-wise. And then he explained that we've got two more matches. Now, I can't remember which order they went with. Okay, so after we see Cowboy Bill Watts and the commentator break down what just happened with Junkyard Dog and Ted Biasi, they slide to footage of Vince McMahon and Andre the Giant. Sorry, and, yes, of course. And my Andre mind was Giant, blown yes. because it's Vince McMahon on Mid-South TV. Yes, sorry, sorry, yes. How could I have forgotten that? But I did. Yeah, and what they're doing, Vince is interviewing Andre. And obviously over there in the... the uh, was it was it the WWF or was it the WWWF at this point, Sean? I believe they went to the WWF at this point. This is 1982. I'm right. sure they did, yeah. Okay. Okay, so, and Andre's, yes, Andre's got his cast off, and he's fit, and he's ready to go, and they introduce the, the villain that I, I don't, I mean, I'm very much aware of his career, and very much aware of his history, but not seen a lot of footage of, and Andre's in the middle of a feud with Killer Khan, and you see a little bit, a little bit of Killer Khan, Sean, don't you? And Andre, Andre looked good here, actually, he looked really, really good. Exactly, and you also get a short, brief glimpse of Classy Freddy Bassey. As he comes out and interrupts the interview, they flash back to, and he literally lays his cane into Andre, and Andre takes his crutch and swings at Freddy Bassey, and he almost falls down, and here comes Kira Khan from the back and get the other crutch and beat the heck out of Andre the Giant. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was a little bit. that This part, uh, Classy Freddy Bassey shouldn't have been involved in anything physical, even if he was a distraction. And uh, Killer Khan came from behind Andre and block-chopped him, say, on his bad ankle. Because they showed um, early doors in the interview, you got the scars, you got the uh, you got the stitches. So they were showing that it was a legit injury that Andre had been out for, which was, you know, was was very cleverly done. But yeah, Andre, Andre spoke well here. Vince, Vince... You know, it, you can see why he was to become the man he was because he spoke with enthusiasm, way, way more personality than, than Watts could ever dream of, which is a bit of a shame, really. But, you know, and, and the difference was palpable. Exactly. So this slides forward to a match they show on Miss South TV is Kara Khan versus Joe Stark, and it is exactly yeah. what we needed another swash match yeah. to put over Kara Khan. And Kara Khan's finisher is like a second rope. Knee drop? Okay. But the thing is, mate, you're in a days where there weren't these multiple kickouts. A finisher was a finisher. You know, a finisher was for life, not just for dynamite or not, you know. It, 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 it's going back to the day that you, that person, that character's, that performance finisher was hit. You knew the match was over. But that wasn't the end of it, was it? Um, no, we've got a little bit more One here. more. And, okay. and I'm looking at the timer and I'm thinking, well, hang on, there's two or three minutes left here and you've got a variety of um masked men in the ring but i don't care because at this point i was just looking at a character who i've loved from that era and uh, ernie ladd was out and i'm i'm a happy bear because ernie ladd's ever out exactly in what we would consider the main debate position here you have ernie yep. ladd and his partner they're going to go two on two with the assassin and his partner and the assassin gets on the mic and goes like Hey, I got a third buddy here. Why don't you find somebody? Why don't you go find JYD? Oh, wait a minute. He can't. He's hurt. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, how, how about you get Ted DiBiase? Uh, I guess you don't want Ted now. 
So... That was quite good because at one point with the yeah. Um, he said, what is it? He said, I don't think JY do be any use to you. He's probably got a bit of a headache, um, which I, 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 I had a chuckle, a quiet little chuckle to. Oh, he says it was on fire. I was enjoying hating him. Yeah, well, I didn't even hate him, to be fair. I just, um, you know, the heels get the best lines, as it should be. So the main event is a three-on-three match where you don't get a finish. And I enjoyed the fact that you don't get a finish. Because it makes you want to go watch the next episode and see what happens. So maybe we'll review the next episode of Miss Up Wrestling in a few weeks so we can catch up about this. Yeah, I, I mean, basically, it, it was a perfect ending. It, it, it ended up in a six-man brawl, and um, they went off the air. Um, and it's like in the middle of the six-man you And normally, you'd have your modern-day wrestling fan going, huh? And I was like, no, that, to me, makes a lot of sense because you are going to want to see what happened. And it was very clever, and a lot of the modern-day companies could take, having suffered some of that go-home Raw show this week um, and the go-home NXT show this week, they, they, they could learn a lot from watching some of these episodes. Exactly, David. So we got bonus features for you on Retrospective this week that we can't do all the Churchill Cup picks on our regular show. So we got Churchill Cup picks on this show. And David thinks he has me over a barrel because today we're picking Glory by Honor both nights. But David, I have the first pick. I don't care. If if we let that bother us, my friend, we wouldn't be doing the Churchill Cup. Now, how are we going to do it? Are we going to do it night one, then night two? Yes, we'll do the, the night one, night two thing. That's fine by me. Okay, so I've got nine matches on night one, and lo and behold, nine matches on night two. So there's no advantage, disadvantage, or... Well, maybe there's a slight advantage, because for me, the night one picks are slightly better. Slightly easier for you, Shawnee boy. Okay, so with my first pick, I'm going to flash back, because somebody stole my pick from the SummerSlam Churchill Cup picks. I'm taking the pure title match between Josh Grissom... And Red Titus, and I'm taking Josh Grissom. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Of course you are, and I have no issue with that. Because I'm not I'm not going to go away and cry in my cornflakes. I'm not going to cry you a river, as you alluded to on Twitter. Um, I mean, the fact you need to make a Justin Timberlake reference is, um, you know, come on, son. You've got rock, you've got deep south proper rock roots there. You know, you don't you don't need to be you don't need to be quoting the Timberlake. You really don't. Anyway, my first pick. Uh, now where we go. Um, my first pick is, and I'm going to have Chelsea Green versus TBA, and I'm going to pick Chelsea Green over TBA. Okay, fine. You can have that. Not a problem whatsoever. With my second pick, David, I'm bringing Stunning back, and I'm going to take the ROH World Title Match, Bambito versus Flip Gordon. And I'm taking Bambino. Of course you are. I'm leaving this open to help you. Your Rick of Honor record isn't very good, and I'm being nice because I am a nice guy. Now, I'm going to go slightly off spec here, and despite recent pushes, I'm going to take the Righteous to go over the Briscoes in the tag team match. Okay, so with my next selection, you know what? This might break my heart just a little bit. I'm going to Brian Johnson versus EC3, and give me the Mecca. Of course you are. Of course you are. It's only one winner there. Only one winner of that match, my friend. And anyone who picks Brian Johnson will be stupid. Oh, <laughs> you are. Oh, you so funny. Uh, anyway, well, I'm going to get the eight-man tag team match. And um, 
I'm going to go with head over heart here, Sean. And I'm going to pick La Fashion Incarnable over Violence Unlimited, even though I want Violence Unlimited to win. Um, but I'm going with head over heart there. Okay. I'm going down here to that six-man mayhem match just for the fact that you wanted it. And allow me to select Dan Housen to win. Right. Now, I'd like to put this publicly on record. Right, I would like to put this publicly on record on this podcast. Anyone who's listening, if Sean picks a point up for this match, I will be cheering as well. I have absolutely no issue in the stunning Sean Burkhead picking a point up for this because he has picked the only pick out of those six that is the correct pick. And it doesn't matter if it's a Stone Cold favourite in there. Danhausen is the way forward, and I would have picked Danhausen, and I would have expected the same reaction from my stunning friend over there. Okay, so are we agreed on that, my friend? Yes, we'll agree. I'm going to pick Ray Horse over Silas Young. Okay, okay. That you, leaves you. That leaves me the Allure match versus Von Star and TBA. Be Von Star and to be determined. Well, there's only one way to go. Give me the Allure. That's be fun. Yeah, I've got to be honest, I, I agree with that, mate. I agree with that. So we go on to night two, and me to kick off. I am going to break our code, but I think you'll understand why here. My first pick is going to be Dalton Castle versus Dan Housen, and I've got a funny idea. Uh, Dalton Castle goes over, so I'm picking Dalton. Sorry, let me get this clear. I'm picking Dalton Castle to win over Dan Housen, but I think that'll be my match of the year. No matter what, no matter whatever wrestling I see for the rest of the year, I think that's going to be my match of the year because I love the pair of them. Oh, it's going to be an entertaining match, David. I really think I'm going to enjoy that when I watch it. So, night two, my first pick. Give me the brand. Give me Matt Taven versus Vincent. I'll take Matt Taven. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair one, mate. I can't argue with that. And the one thing I said this on yesterday's, uh, or on Tuesday's Rock and Wrestling show, I hope that's the end of the feud, finally. Because Taven deserves to be in that world title picture. Um, he's one of their best. He's one of their favourites. I think he needs to be up there. I hope that's the end of the feud. I'm going to take the Briscoe brothers to go over Flip and Flamita. Even though I bet Even though I bet against them... Last night, the first night, I don't think that they'll have two defeats over the weekend. Okay, so with my second pick on night two, I'm going with another pure rules match. It's LSG versus the world-famous CV. And give me world-famous CV. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to pick Chelsea Green and Willow over Miranda, Elise, and Roxy. Okay, so with my next selection, let me slide up here to... A tag team match. It's Dragon Lee and Rush versus Bandito and Ray Horse. And you know what? I'm going to say with Messi Squad. Give me Bandito and Ray Horse. Ooh, that's a brave call. I mean, I can see why you picked that. Because Ring of Honor will, they're not, totally not. Yeah, I can see why you've done it. But it wouldn't have been my choice. But I can't criticize it because it's one of those that are now. Okay, so I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick the Foundation over Violence Unlimited in the eight-man tag. Oh, that's going to be the match of night two. That's a match I'm looking forward to on night two. That's potentially got um, match of the year um, stamped all over it, apart from Dalton Castle, Dan Housen, obviously. Okay, so you left me with one last match. It's Trish Adora versus TBA. So give me Trish. No, I've got another one that we haven't mentioned, mate. There's nine because we both have... I'll let you, you're, you're taking Trisha Dora, are you sure? 
Yeah, Bear I'm in sure. mind, there's another one to choose. Okay. I'm sure. Well, in that case, I'm going to take Shane Taylor Promotions over Incoherence in the six-man tag for the uh, six-man tag championships. Okay, cool enough. And you know why I'm cool I think that's probably... Bearing in mind this is Ring of Honor, I think out of all the picks that me and you have just made, that's the most dead cert because well, it's Ring of Honor. Well, David, why don't we slide over to NXT TakeOver 36? It might be the final TakeOver. Do you know what? I hadn't considered that, but you could well be right there. However, it's shaping up to be a decent card. Allow me to go to the NXT title match. Give me Samoa Joe over Killian Cross because Killian Cross is going to head over to Raw and be mediocre. Well, I agree with some of that. Okay, I can see your logic, but unfortunately, as we know, logic doesn't apply here. But okay, now I'm going to take Kyle O'Reilly over Adam Cole, however it falls. Because I think Adam Cole's on the way out. And they're not going to have him win on the way out. You know, I don't think Adam Cole would want to win on the way out. Because he's a traditionalist. And he's going to put over his friend. So I can see your point. Yep. And David, you're my favorite yeah, person. That, that's my logic, mate. That's, I've got no other reason for, for picking it like that, uh, Sean. Um, because I genuinely believe Cole's on his way out. I might be wrong, but hey, what do I know? And David, you're my favorite person on the planet right now. Because my second selection... It's the NSC UK Championship yeah. match, and I'm taking Dragon off to beat Walter. Yeah, I would have done this well, but you can have it. I'm not bothered. You know, it's cool. They'll fall how they fall. We've taken logical each match. We've taken logical reasoning. So that leaves me with my final choice from LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. Now, I'm going to go to Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai, and I'm going to take Gonzalez to retain because they cannot surely be to God, put the women's title on Dakota Kai. And if they do, I think I'm done with NXT. I really, really do. I like Raquel Gonzalez. I have done. She's been given, she's made the best of a shitty set of bookings. She's made the best of having inferior people to work with. Surely be they're going to let her retain. But, I mean, obviously, I don't. And that is my, purely and simply my logic. And unfortunately, at least I've left you with a can of, can of hot garbage to um, have your final extra pick with. No, no, you played right into my hands. I mean, come on. Well, it's going to be the Million Dollar title match. It's LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. And if somehow Cameron Grimes loses his match, Ted DiBiase is going to be the butler to LA Knight. So, thank you, David, because I'm taking Karen Grimes and I'm taking the Churchill Cup to the moon. Well, I'll have to be honest. If I'd have had to pick that, I would have made exactly the same pick as you because I just can't see... I mean, this build, for two talented wrestlers, let's face it, we both like we both like the, the, the former Trevor Lee um, and the former... Um, I don't know, Eli Drake, sorry. Um, we both like them as performers. We, we've agreed on that. Um, but this this build, and then they've got a Hall of Famer in there. So, you know, someone we talked about earlier on. And I watched NXT Tuesday night, and the segment was just garbage. Utter garbage. And normally there'd be people I'd want to watch. But I don't think that they're going to put DiBiase through that, being a Hall of Famer, being what he stands for in the WWE. And if it does... If they do, it just shows what hot garbage WWE has become. So I agree with your pick, mate. I do agree with your pick, and it's where I would have gone. Now, overall, I think you're going to get three absolutely cracking 
hard-hitting matches and two bloody stupid ones. Um, you don't have to work out. Um, you don't have to out, work out which is which. I agree with you over Walter Dragunov. I think it's time for Walter to drop the NXT UK belt. I love Dragunov. Absolutely love Dragunov. Um, and I would like to see him with a run as a face because he's popular over here in the UK if he can bring it back. I hope Adam Cole is leaving because he's been treated like a piece of dog poo and I hope Carlo Riley follows him. But that'll be that'll be cracking. That will be absolutely cracking. And I don't agree with you over Cross Joe, but I agree with your sentiment and I agree with your point. Um, I just hope neither of them go back to the main roster. Um, look what happened. The, 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 the feud with Cross and Jeff Hardy. Again, lazy booking, just awful booking. But I think I'm going to have to save some of this ranting up for Saturday for the weekend show, Sean. Well, before that, I agree with you. That match with Samoa Joe versus Killian Cross three weeks ago, that was the match I was looking forward to. We were looking forward to. We thought it was going to be so freaking awesome. And look at us three weeks later and one loss by Killian Cross. And we just like, eh, we don't care. Yeah, and... and it, it, it shows what Vince thinks of these. Even the good, you know, yeah, I can understand him going down to NXT and seeing seeing some of them and thinking, oh, my God, what's going on down here? But, but Cross isn't one of them. When he came over from Impact, I was like, what on earth? Why are they taking him? But they've actually done him reasonably well. The, the fact that they went over over Bala, um, I thought did him well. And he went, those were decent matches. Um, putting in with Joe, yeah, Master Touch. Whoever came up with that idea, I presume it was Hunter, because he didn't want Joe to be sacked. Which why why would you sack Joe? Why? Um, it just shows how stupid this company is, and it shows why whether they're ready or not. And this is something I want to discuss. Put it, I I wouldn't. I, it's not often I request a stunning question, but it's something I want you to have a phrase round. For the weekend show, I don't think AEW are yet ready to take over as the main main wrestling company in in the world, right? However, I think, and I'm going to predict this, in six to ten months' time, they will be the biggest wrestling company in the world. Whether they ready, whether they can deal with it, or whether they want to be, they will be by design because the WWE are so dog poo awful. Well, David. I will make that the very first standing question coming up on Saturday as we present Real Free Professional Wrestling. So, David, before we go, do you want to inform us on what we'll be watching next week? Yes, I would. Would you like? Yeah, would you like to know? Because I have picked it and I've rewatched it already, and I'm going to rewatch it again. Go ahead, right? And, and, us. and there is some logic to this, and I'm sure you'll pick it up. Bearing in mind we're coming up to early September, AEW All Out. Yeah. Are we really watching All Out? No. No, no, no. Think about AEW All Out coming up and what potentially could happen. So what we're watching next week, we're going back to 2011 and we're watching Money in the Bank. Does that ring a bell with you, young sir? Oh, and it's going to be so much fun talking about the summer of punk. Yes, let's go ahead. Let's go. Good. I'm glad I got that reaction because I think it could. If we do that next week, it could easily lead into that All-State Arena show. There could be so many comparisons depending on if AEW do it well. Um, I've rewatched it and with all the history, with the fact that Punk genuinely hadn't re-signed, you know, the booking behind the match, the genuine hate for Cena, the genuine love for Punk, 
I think it fits, and it's a cracking card as well. Why don't you say goodbye to the nice people before we leave? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. As always, the stunning one and myself, the smart one, always, always appreciate anyone who takes time time out to contribute to join us and listen. Hope you've enjoyed this. Rock and Roll Wrestling Show on Venom Youth Radio every Tuesday, 5pm now. Um, And we'll see you at the weekend with our news and reviews of this week's wrestling going into some cracking shows this week. It's going to be a very busy end of week for us here at Radio Free Professional Wrestling. But until we see you on Sunday, everybody have a stunning Churchill Cup into your week. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues. <laughs>